Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. For more information on service times and location, please visit CompassionDanville.com. Now, let's enjoy this week's message. Man, this this sermon series called Freedom has been an eye-opener for me. It has truly been a gut check. And this um, fast, I don't even know what to say. It has been a joy, and I never thought I would say that. I tried to the best of my ability, y'all, till yesterday, and I blew it. The last day, I ate everything that was not nailed down. I was like a Hoover vacuum cleaner. I'll just admit it. And then I got on the scales today, and I was like, sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry. Even the, the title of the sermon series it's freedom, right? And I know, I know what, what you want to do every time you see this, hear that, that word freedom. Go ahead and put this image up. This is what you hear every time. This is what you see in your head, right? Go ahead, say it. <laughs> but this is what it looks like, freedom in Christ, when the chains come off. And that's what it looks like, right? Yep, that's what we're all aiming for. And that's where we're going to go to today. That's what God says we're all going to get there today. And I'm going to do my best to tell you what he told me. If I can just get there, God help me. But we got to have story time with Jackie. Story time with Jackie. I wish I had popcorn for you, but I don't. I had donuts. Did you get a donut? That's it. Once upon a time, there was a girl. Okay, her name was Jackie. It's just a coincidence that her name was Jackie coincidence. And it was Christmas time. And, you know, Jackie had just had the best Christmas. She had gotten everything she had asked for. And she had looked at her parents and said, this is the best Christmas ever. Have you ever done that? The bet every Christmas is the best Christmas ever, right? She had opened all of her presents. And her dad says, we're going to your brother's house. Yay, going to my brother's house. The little girl was so excited. So she gets to her brother's house, and he's got presents for her too. Yes, score. And then he says, I've got presents for my parents. And the girl said, what? Parents don't get presents for Christmas. Boy, do I know that. And so the girl watches her parents open this box, and inside the box, concert tickets. And the girl said, got to be to an old people concert. So she wasn't really, really upset at first, right? Old people concert. That's okay. They can go. Until her dad said, Alabama concert tickets. What you mean two tickets to Alabama? Then the little girl started plotting her brother's death. What you mean just two tickets? And then it got worse. The girl's brother said, and he and his wife were going to. What you mean you and your wife are going to? Where's the little girl's ticket? Then she was told, you get to watch your niece and nephew. No, no. It was plain to everybody that the little girl did not like watching children. She did not like children. The little girl in the story, you understand, did not like children. 
I assume, it was now the worst Christmas ever. Isn't that how life goes? The best Christmas ever to about 30 minutes later, the worst Christmas ever. Can I tell you something with my 15 years of living? Number one, you have one job. Worry about yourself. (sighs) Dr. Seuss puts it this way. Today, you are you. Right, Harrison? That is truer than true. There is no one alive that is youer than you. Right? God puts it this way in Psalm 37, 4. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Your job is to calm down. Your job is to chill out. Like the memory verse for the month, stand firm. God sees you. Don't you know that we serve a God that sees you, sees what you need, sees the desires of your heart, and he comes through right when you need him to. That, my friends, is freedom. Say it with me, freedom. You don't have to manipulate anything. You don't have to manipulate anybody. Amen. You don't have to handle anything. What God has for you is for you. And nobody can take that from you. That is freedom. Say it with me freedom. Your job is to step into what he has for you. What he has for you, his purpose for you, his salvation for you, his anointing for you, his promise for you. If you choose to do that, all the deals that you have previously made with the devil are canceled. That is freedom. All the weapons that are formed against you will not prosper. Oh, they will form, and you might even see them. But my friends, they will not prosper. You are under the covering of God now, and you are his. End of story. You have full access to heaven's resources, and you now fully understand that his promises for you are yes and amen. Talk about me. It's okay. Leave me out of the party. I can deal with that. Try your best to manipulate and undermine and go against me. And that's okay. But let me tell you something. You aren't just doing that to me. Because now me and Jesus, we're a package deal. And you're going to be shocked to see what happens. 
I am now simply too busy for all of this. And I just don't have time for it. I'm on a mission, you see. It's my job to make disciples. It's my job to get you connected to a church and to Jesus. It's now my job to lead by example, to let my light shine, to be different than I used to be, and to be different than the world, to use the gifts and the talents that he gave me for his glory, to find freedom in him. Wear yourself out because I have one job to worry about myself. Number two, the devil is going to try his best to get in your head in two ways. Come on, y'all track with me. One of the things that I loved about dating Jeff was the millions and millions of text messages that we sent to each other from March, come on y'all watch, March to December, uh, to November when we got married. That's how quick it was, y'all. From March to November. When I say millions of text messages, that's what it was. I don't know how I slept. I don't know how I kept my car on the road. I don't know how I cleaned my house. I don't know how I kept my job for that matter. His words to me, seeing those words, I read them over and over and over. Do you know that in the Old Testament, the devil himself wrote a letter to King Hezekiah, threatening him, laying out the very worst scenario possible, urging him to surrender, telling him his God was deceiving him. And guess what? Every day that you get up, every day that you take a breath, he's writing you a letter too designed just for you, telling you to give up, telling you to surrender, telling you that your God is deceiving you just to get in your head. How many of you get in your head every single day? (laughs) It's okay, Noah. I do too. And this is how it usually goes at my house when I'm all by myself. God help me when I'm all by myself. Are you ready? I'm letting you into a personal view of how it goes at my house. Bling, I get a text message. Why is this person texting me on a Tuesday? What, why are they asking me if I'm okay? Why did they use an exclamation point? I mean, why did they use that emoji? This is absolutely a covert message. They're probably outside my window right now. Couldn't possibly be that they're just sending me a message to ask me how I'm doing on a Tuesday. Here's how it goes if I'm at my house with Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey, can I talk to you about, just name it, whatever. 
You know what, Jack? Today is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Jesus. Or, hey, Jeff, I just, I just really want to pick your brain about, name it. You know what? I think it's a beautiful day to go for a car ride. Where's that playlist of worship music that you like? Let's just go on out there and get in the car right now, babe. I love it. Roll your window down. Let that breeze just bu- My advice to you is to find the best Jeff you can find. They lift you up. They don't let you sit in it. So many times we don't do that because we don't want to. We find us a whole bunch of negative Nancys that feed the conspiracy theories because we like it and we spiral. Like when we have that pain, you know, that one pain, we Google it. Couldn't possibly be just a stomach ache. No, no. It's got to be the pain from the outer parts of the world. The one that has the most severe condition that can't be cured. We are sure that that's what it is. The letters that the devil sends us hit us in two areas, don't they? Number one, your past. That's the one that takes us out the quickest. It's the one that's so brutal. It could have been the one that we did yesterday five years ago, 20 years ago, but let it hit whatever it is. And that guilt and that shame rush right in and take us out. My letter that the devil writes to me says things like this. What do you think you're doing up on that platform talking to people about Jesus? You're a woman and you're divorced people leave this church because of you. You know that. Nobody likes you. If you were more like those other pastor's wives and you were seen and not heard, that church would grow. You know that. See, those are my fears. Mine. That letter would never come to you because that's personally designed for me. And every day I get the privilege to decide, is that real or is that only in my head? Because that punk sits back and watches my reaction, right? And the first thing I think is, what did I, what did I do? What, what did I say to deserve that? Hear me when I tell you. In this day and time, you don't have to do anything. And you don't have to say anything. Because he has one job. To take you out. Please don't think that's on you. You see, when things are going really well in your life, he's going to send you a letter. And it's going to say, it won't always be like this. But when things are going really bad in your life, your letter's going to say, it's always going to be like this. The other way that the devil tries to get into your mind is your attention. Your attention. 
When I get those amazing texts from Jeff, see, I read them over and over and over again. Man, he gets my full attention. I choose to give my attention to those texts, right? I'm investing my time in my relationship with Jeff. I am choosing to believe every word that's in those texts, right? Because that's my relationship with Jeff. I believe the words that he sends in those texts. I value what he says in those texts. I treasure them. I just love it, right? Tell me why we do the same thing with those letters that the devil sends to us. Come on, y'all. We read those things over and over and over. And we call our friends and we read them to them. Right? Am I the only one? And the Lord knows we get on Facebook and we post it. Right? I'm tired. I'm awful. We memorize that joker until we just know it by heart. We know every word that he's deposited into our brains, our souls. We can recite it word for word. We'll, we'll sing a song about it even. It becomes our identity. If we didn't believe it before we got the letter from the devil, but by the time we're through, that is now our identity and doggone it if we don't believe it. We just sit down in it. We give it our full attention. Our negative attention. And we get nothing but negativity back. The, the text from Jeff just build me up and it's beautiful. The letter that I continue to read from the devil every day of my life, it gives me nothing but negativity. And this is where it starts. The jealousy, the gossip, the comparison game, the addiction, the fear, the apathy, we just give up. And now we miscommunicate with everybody. The pride this is where we just give up on everything. And this is why we leave the church. And we don't want anything to do with Christians. And we just don't live out anything that God ever created or wanted for us. Forget it. These are people that choose not to be free at all or ever. And the chains go on. They're not happy for themselves and they're sure not happy for you. These are the people that if they refuse to do the work to ever get free, you got to let them go. Because these are the people that are miserable, and you're going to be miserable too. These are the people that feed that insecurities. They feed the insecurities that are in you, and they water it. These are the people that when you sit back and think about it, the only time that you're ever depressed, the only time that you feel less than, the only time that you just feel yuck is when you've spent time with them. But there's another option. This is not anywhere in the notes, but 2 Kings 19.14 says, Hezekiah received that letter, and what did he do? He read it once. He took it to the Lord. And he prayed about it. Number three, your job is to be free. 
He read it. He took it to the Lord and he prayed about it. Now, Jeff tells me, see my eye roll? There's a little bit of truth in everything. I choose not to believe that. But I'm guessing he's probably right. So when someone brings any kind of correction to you, there's a little bit of truth in everything. So you can think about the decisions in your life. Pray about it. Make some changes. Focus on the things that you can control. Focus on the things that you can do. Focus on the ways that you can grow. It's okay to be where you are for now. But if you're going to call and tell your friends about all the things that you want to talk about, how about you just let them be a part of the accountability process? How about you tell them about some of the steps that you're making? Or better yet, how about invite them into that process? It's always better to do it with a friend. Make plans and keep them to be at church on Sunday no matter what. Make plans and keep them to be at Wednesday Bible study. Make plans and keep them to read your Bible every day. You want to be free? Decide whether you're going to depend on you or depend on him. That's where it all starts. Now, back to story time with Jackie. You know, the little girl, the story about the coincidence. Her name is Jackie. You want to know the rest of that story? The day of that concert, the little girl named Jackie, well, she was prepared to stay at home to watch her nieces and nephew. And her brother comes in, and she full well hated him by now. And she had been mad and bitter, didn't even want to talk about that concert. Every time they'd talk about it, she'd leave the room. And she might have shown them that they were number one in a most inappropriate way. Just refused to talk about the concert at all. Refused to be happy for them. When he walked in the room and handed her a concert ticket. It was hers all along. You see, her brother had it for her all along. He was just playing. He thought it was funny. She certainly did not. And it was a great concert. If you remember anything about Alabama, they have a, a song called The Closer You Get. Thank you, The Further I Fall. Can I tell you something about being free in Jesus? Being really free in Jesus, the closer you get to him, the further you fall in love and you realize the people that you're doing life with right now may not be the people that you need to do life with. The closer you get to Jesus, the further you realize the things that you're doing right now are not the things that you want to do. The closer you get to Jesus, the further you want everybody to win. <laughs> you want everybody to know him like you do. You want everybody to be saved. 
the closer you get to Jesus and you fall in love with him, the more you want the enemy gone. And you pray your guts out. And it's not a game. It's not a song you sing. It's a way of life. Here's what I know. The enemy will try his best to scare you out of your position. He will try his best to take you from your calling. There are people in your life that are on assignment from the devil and they don't even know it. But you better be careful. You better pray for that discernment. You better keep your eyes open. And some days, some days are hard. And you want to go, you want to go back to the life that you used to have. Because it's easy. It's easy to go back. All you have to do is go back. But you can't. Because if you do, just like Jeff says, there's a whole generation of people that are going to be lost. And they're going to die. And they're going to go to hell. Because God has placed in you the very thing that's going to save their life. It would be practical for you to go back. But can I remind you of something? God is not practical. The very story of God did not start practical. You see, my God is miraculous. You cannot make something miraculous practical. You were not created practically. You were created miraculously. Never forget that. The last passage of scripture that I have for you is Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. And I never have found it in the Passion Translation, but I like it in the passage translation because of the word grace. The closer you get to Jesus and you fall in love with him, he gives you massive amounts of grace. Hallelujah. And he has appointed some with the grace to be apostles and some with the grace to be prophets and some with the grace to be evangelists, and some with the grace to be pastors, and some with the grace to be teachers. Can I give you an example of what it looks like to be free? You got to put the work in, guys, to be free. Last Sunday night, (laughs) this little thing that the women do here at church, it's called the well. And I begged one of my best friends, Katie, don't do it. Do not do what you're about to do. Please don't do it because people are going to talk about you and they're going to ridicule you and they're going to twist your story. And that thing put on her armor and walked her little self right up here and did it. And I sat on that row back there and I was praying. This is how I prayed. Who is it that I need to take out, Lord? Where is it? Where's the spirit? You just highlight her. Just tell me who it is. And he said, 
Worry about yourself. Worry about yourself. The video I'm about to show you, the little girl is the ripple starter. But it could be anybody in this room. So I need you to put yourself in the place of this little girl. Dad, this is you praying with your family for the first time. Single mama, this is you. You guys in the Hope Center, this is you. Any of us that today decide, I've had enough of these chains being on me, this is you. I'm telling you, pay special attention to the little girl because she starts the whole thing. Pay very close attention to this video.
Y'all stand up. What in the world does that video have to do with us? Let me tell you what it has to do with us. Did you see the little girl move at all? She stood firm. She started that ripple and she stood firm. That guy started playing his music and then other people remembered, I can play that music too. Other people started getting their instrument. They may have forgotten they could even play. I saw people talking to other people. They were witnessing to other people. Then the crowd started coming. That little girl never moved. That girl went up that lamppost to see what was going on. She had no idea what was going on. Other people, it drew a crowd. What in the world's going on? That little girl never moved. Isn't that the way the church is supposed to be? They were witnessing back and forth. What in the world's going on? I have an instrument. I used to play. I'll go get it. Isn't that the way the church is supposed to be? And they were drawing a crowd. More people, more people. Then did you see Jeff? He was directing the whole thing. And then the guy was talking to the other lady. She had no idea what was going on, so he was talking to her. Isn't that the way church is supposed to be? All because one little girl went up and started the whole thing. Isn't that what church is supposed to be? Nothing is going to happen at 215 3rd Avenue until we decide to stand firm. Until we decide to stay together. Until we decide to all sing the same song. Until we break off these chains of negativity, of past hurts, of all the things, guys. Freedom looks like serving one God, worrying about ourselves, not letting the devil get in our head, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Standing behind the God that's got the vision from the Lord. God, my prayer today is that chains will be broken. Eyes will be lifted. God, you know that we have got to get these chains off. So many are lost. But God, not us. We've been saved and we've put our chains back on. It's time that we've loosed them off. Get them off of us. Every day we are choosing, choosing to read letters from the devil instead of choosing to read our Bibles. Every day, saved people are choosing to give our attention to the devil instead of choosing to read the love letters from you. It ends today. Today we choose freedom. Today we choose to stand behind the promises of a God that took beatings to set us free. Today we choose to stand behind a God that chose the cross Today we choose to stand behind a Jesus that chose to leave heaven. Who chose to be born to die. What are we doing, church? We are choosing negativity. We are choosing apathy. We are choosing to be offended. We are choosing chains. We are choosing a life of less than when we could choose a life of freedom. 
We are choosing a life of gossip and church hopping and negativity and division when we could choose a life of unity. We could choose a life of joy. We are choosing to settle. We are choosing to give the devil everything he ever thought he could do in our lives. Division. It's time today to make hell angry. And it's time to sing the song of joy and get on with our Father's business. God, you you can you're the one that can do this. You're the only one that can do this. God, today, let this message just be divided up and go where it needs to go. Give your sons and daughters back the joy and the purpose and the mission. I know that you've had enough and today that it ends. In the name of Jesus, the Lion of Judah, please, God, today, it ends today. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. For more information on service times and location, please visit CompassionDanville.com. 